Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Well, thank you, Dave. It's time for a NASCAR America Fan Friday as we get set to kick off one of the crown jewel weekends in NASCAR. The race for the right to kiss the bricks here at Indianapolis. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a Fan Friday edition of NASCAR America. Marty Snyder, Kyle Petty, Dale Jarrett joining you here. We have a jam-packed show today. Parker Klingerman is on with yes, us. Rutledge Wood is on with us. Austin Sendrick as well. The birthday boy turned 21 this week. We're going to ask him how he celebrated. Uh, Tyler Reddick will be here and defending Indy winner Justin Allgaier on the show as well. DJ, there are a couple of tracks when you drive through the tunnel the place just feels special. This is one, isn't it? Yeah, there's no doubt about it that, you know, you think about Daytona and the history there for our sport, but things in 1994 changed for NASCAR racing when the stock cars came here and the, the stands were filled. You know, you, you look at it, you've had champions to win here over the years. Uh, the first three years of this race, 1994 was Jeff Gordon, 1995, Dale Earnhardt, and I was fortunate to get the win here in 1996. So you're looking at three people that uh, won the first three races that are in the Hall of Fame now. So just shows how special this place is. And I think really big name drivers step up uh, over the years. And so it's so much fun coming. Still is to this day. I'm not driving. No, I'm not going to have a chance to win anything. But just coming through that, that tunnel is special. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing place to come to. When you do feel the history, you feel the ghost that came before you from IndyCar racing to come. And, and Bill France Jr. And, and Tony George said, when we came here, we're not trying to break a tradition. We're trying to start a new tradition. This man started the tradition of, of kissing the bricks, and the tradition continues to this day. This is motorsports in America. That's what's so historic about this place. It's all about motorsports in America. Yeah, you mentioned uh, kissing the bricks. By the way, I flew in with Simon Pagino, the Indy 500 winner today, and he didn't know you started the tradition, so he oh, yeah? thanks you. One of the greatest <laughs> moments of his life, kissing the bricks here at the Brickyard. Yeah, it was pretty cool. We took everybody by surprise. The only Todd Parrott and I knew what we were going to do if we won this race, and so we went from victory lane, led everybody out to the yard of bricks on the front straightaway, and started something. You know, we thought it would just be kind of what we did one time, and it would be a lot of fun to do it, having no idea it would continue on. But it's been great to see all of that. Kyle, you found an interesting fact. As we no. kind of went back and did math, we kind of figured out what. We, we, well, we, Dale and I did the first practice for the Xfinity Series, and we were talking about it, and he won the third year. Jeff won the first year and then won subsequent years. Uh, but Dale Sr. won and never kissed the bricks. So of all the NASCAR guys yeah. that we've seen win a cup race up here, Dale Sr. is the only guy that I know of that didn't have that opportunity because this guy, if you'd have won the year before, then maybe he could have kissed it in the third <laughs> year. But uh, it, when this guy started the, the tradition, it was already passed uh, when he won. Certainly a cool fact about yeah. the Brickyard. Yeah. We're Crazy. excited to bring you one of NASCAR's crown jewels this weekend. We're going to call it radio style. So the bagman, Mike Bagley from MRN and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, will be joining us this weekend. And for Saturday's Xfinity Series race, our man Parker Klingerman will be out in turn three. And I'll tell you, Parker, we've been sitting here for a while. It seemed like a very busy Xfinity Series final practice. How was your view of it? 
It was. It was an awesome view. There was a lot of draftings we got there at the end, basically a 10-car, 12-car draft, and we started to see some of the guys that are going to really be the ones to beat in that draft because they were so confident in their cars that they were able to go from the front of the draft all the way to the back and then work their ways forward. Well, guess who they were? Kyle Busch, Christopher Bell, Brandon Jones was one that showed up, so I guess the Gibbs cars in a lot of respects. But this view is awesome down here. I have learned it's getting quite windy at times over here. I'm probably going to need a hat tomorrow uh in some respects i've grown my hair out too much for this and it's, it's getting in my face but it's a really cool view and it, it really get, allows you to see the little differences these drivers are doing into the corner or trying to set themselves down the straightaway into the corner to try and make runs and try to get passes done so uh, i love this it's a lot of fun and i can't wait to do it tomorrow and then hand it over to dale for uh the cup race where i'll go and actually drive a car and hopefully he can uh, call me making some great passes <laughs> Yeah, good, good luck to you tomorrow and, and, and the cup stuff. But I want to ask you about this practice. Watching this practice, uh, it was like the last 10 laps of a race, the way these guys were racing. Why were they so intense these last 10 or 15 laps here under, is it to understand what their cars are doing? Right, and I, I think a lot of it, you know, when I saw Kyle Busch do it so often, he did it three or four times, went to the lead of the pack, then dropped through the back to the pack, then drove back through, and it's a lot of them, I think, trying to figure out exactly what their car's going to do over the run in different situations because with this racing, they feel like they're going to be in those situations in the race. That's what you're trying to do, replicate what you're going to experience in the race. And so if they're doing that, that's because they're thinking, all right, there's no way I just lead this whole thing. I'm going to at one point find myself back in the pack. I'm going to have to find myself working the way through the pack or maybe towards the front trying to make a pass on a leader. So they're just trying to put themselves in all those different situations so they can take that feedback back to their team and say, all right, here's what we're good at. Here's what we're not good at. Here's what I've learned. And maybe keep a couple things secret from their teammates so if they find themselves in that battle late in the race, they know exactly what move they want to make that the other guys don't know about. It's very similar to super speed racing in that sense, that you're trying to almost figure out what's that last chess move you're going to make that's going to allow you to be in the lead at the right point to win the race. Parker, bring some sunscreen and wear a hat tomorrow, okay, when you're up there in turn <laughs> three, do. right? Yes, definitely a hat. Gonna <laughs> well, need on that, Saturday, no I should say, you're in the car tomorrow. Best of luck tomorrow yes. in the car, by the way. And I can't wait Thank to do you. radio style this weekend. Parker will be over in turn three on Saturday. Dell Jr. will be there on Sunday. So, guys, some big news coming out of Joe Gibbs Racing today. It is finally official. Eric Jones has re-signed at Joe Gibbs Racing and extended through at least the 2020 season. The team announced the extension today. Eric saying, quote, I'm so happy to finally have my plans for 2020 confirmed and to talk about it. So Eric Jones is cemented in the 20 car for at least next year. But, DJ, let's be clear. This is not because the young man won the Southern 500 last week. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this has been in the works for a while. And you said something interesting this morning to me, and it kind of stood out. You said Eric Jones is a star, yep. and this needed to happen in Joe Gibbs Racing. Yeah, so am I supposed to act shocked that this came out? <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's been this saying for months, shock. right? Okay. Yeah. Yes, I think we all kind of knew this. And I truly believe that Eric Jones, not because he won the Southern 500, that's a, a good win to have on your resume for sure. Uh, and he's also won at Daytona, so two of the bigger tracks and bigger races. Uh, but I, I just see someone that has all the skills, all the talent that it takes to be a star in this. And as long as he can keep racing at Joe Gibbs Racing, I believe that's going to give him the opportunity to prove to everybody out there that he has exactly what it takes. He is a star in this sport for a lot of years to come. And I believe someone that maybe even battle later this year uh, in about 11 weeks uh, at Homestead for a championship. Yeah, I think 
Joe Gibbs Racing believes that he can battle for a championship. And I think that, you know, the win was big, but this has been coming. I think Kyle Busch is a huge Eric Jones fan. So internally, he has a cheerleader that's pulling for him, that wants him to do good. Because I think Eric Jones is the next guy that comes along that maybe at some point in time takes a more leadership role in that team. I, I think that's why he's there in the first place. When you look at it and what he's done this year, he's run up front. He's had decent races, but he's had terrible luck. Yeah. We can mention a number of drivers who have had terrible luck, like a Clint Boyer, but he has just had rotten luck. Finally, they put a race together. This is going to be a huge moment for him this season because I think he carries huge momentum into the next 10 or 11 races. So I guess now we assume Christopher Bell in the 95. I mean, is it safe to make that assumption? <laughs> and is it the right move for Joe Gibbs Racing knowing Bell is out there and, and maybe eventually the future of the company? You know, it, it generally takes a, a little bit of time to adapt to cup racing. I mean, these drivers have so much talent, and Christopher Bell is one of those drivers that does it. But still, the racing is different. The races are longer. Uh, so getting yourself in there and acclimated. Uh, and and if, even though it's not going to be at Joe Gibbs Racing, uh, and he won't be known as a Joe Gibbs driver, uh, at least for next year. He's going to be in equipment that is coming from there, and all of the most of the people that are going to be there uh, will be a part of that. So to give him a year in that, I, I think it's a great move on their part to, to move him on. He's done everything in the Xfinity Series that he needs to do. Now, he might go back in there and dabble some and yep. get a few more wins, yep. but to learn the ins and outs of cup racing to get to understand the drivers and get their respect, I think it was time for him to move on. And that that's a great point. That's a great point to get yourself acclimated to what cup racing is. I, I, listen, for me, Eric Jones was Christopher Bell before Christopher Bell was Christopher Bell. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's it. Yeah. He just jumped straight from the Xfinity into that Gibbs organization. If he had had an opportunity to half step it, to come in a little bit different way, we may be talking about Eric Jones a little bit different, but we've heaped a ton of pressure on an Eric Jones. Christopher Bell gets that opportunity to come in and have the pressure of being a great Xfinity driver, but have the pressure, a little bit of pressure off, because he's one step removed from a Gibbs, from a JGR car, when you look at it. Even though it may be a JGR yeah. car with JGR engines and JGR right. engineers and JGR personnel, it almost, in the minds of those people sitting in the grandstands, it's one step removed. So I think when you look at it, it's a great opportunity for Christopher Bell to get his feet wet, to understand, to gain the respect, as Dale said, of these other drivers and contribute to the future of what Joe Gibbs Racing will be. So while we're on the JGR topic, JGR has an interesting thing before them this weekend. They could win all of the crown jewel races with four different drivers, and the guy missing from the picture is Kyle Busch. So does Vegas <laughs> think that JGR can pull it off this weekend? Vegas says absolutely yes. Check out these odds, DJ. I mean, four of the top five JGR cars, and it's amazing to think the one driver who has not won a crown jewel this year for Joe Gibbs Racing is Kyle Busch. Yeah, I, that is shocking that he's the one that picked, but that could change this weekend, just as you point. But to look at this and say, hey, they're the favorites, there's no doubt in my mind that they are the favorites. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure Kevin Harvey would tell you he probably needs to be the fifth driver on that <laughs> list, but those four drivers need to be at the top of the list. By you, the said, you said maybe not I, before I'm the say, show. Listen, I say maybe not, and here's why I say maybe not. Uh, you cannot count off, can't count out. Doug Yates and that Ford Power <laughs> when you come to Indianapolis. I am so sorry. And you cannot count out Roger Penske and Brad Keselowski and Joey Logano and, and the rest of the, uh, Stuart Haas Racing when you come to Indianapolis. They'll set it in the opening. Big-time players rise to the occasion in big-time events. 
all these Ford drivers that I know of, when we talk Kevin Harvick, when we talk Joey Logano, when we talk Brad Kay, they're big-time players. Yep. They rise to the occasion. Doug Yates, we already know, knows <laughs> rises to the occasion. So I, I'm not giving it to – I'm not putting JGR on the trophy yet. Believe me, <laughs> I'm not putting it on there yet. How impossible, though, DJ, to think about it. You know, when Denny Hamlin wins the Daytona 500, Martin Truex, the Coca-Cola 600, and then Eric Jones, the Southern 500, the Kyle Busch, at yeah. one of his best racetracks could be the guy to complete the crown jewels for Joe Gibbs Racing. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it lines up for them. But, you know, the hard work and efforts that have been put forth there. I mean, they – they come out of here, even if one of the four don't win Sunday, they won half of the regular season races. They, they're at yeah. 13 already, so that's it's just incredible what they've done. That's the odds it should have been 100 to 1 that Kyle Bush wouldn't have won one of the crown jewels <laughs> yes, by exactly now. Right. That was 100 that, to 1. That one makes sense for 100 to 1. <laughs> that um, makes sense to me. Hey, so when Relich was here in May, we were here as well for the Indy 500. Uh, he made Dale Jr. wade in a creek for almost an hour yes. to find some bricks. He found the party at the snake pit, and he took us to the top of the pagoda. Well, Relich is back here at Indy. We'll find out what kind of trouble he's found here in September. I don't know if he's found trouble or not. Hopefully not. <laughs> experience to go Kyle at some point yes because I figured our show car would blow up there we go it's like a tug of war that was a Ford versus Chevy battle hey style points though creativity style it's a solid points. 10 yes, oh, oh man do not tear your car up whatever you do but don't take a car <laughs> tore the hell out of it. Can't wait. 16 playoff contenders will turn the strip into Burnout Boulevard next Thursday. Join Kelly Stavis, Steve Letard, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. next Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern here on NBCSN for that. Parker and I will be there as well. But oh, yeah. uh -huh. are y'all yeah. kind of an added-on deal? You sound yeah, I think we're add-ons. We're also Rams for sure compared to those guys. I can tell you that. Parker's going to try and do burnouts, and I'm going to sit in a truck and hopefully not fall out. You're going to so. do a burnout in a truck? No, yeah. we're not doing a burnout in the burnout truck. Burnout in the truck with Marty Austin Snyder. hopes to do burnouts here at the Brickyard, <laughs> by the way. He is joined us here on Fan Friday for NASCAR America. How you doing, Austin? Yeah, I'm doing great. Running uh, laps at the greatest racetrack in the world. Guess yeah. I can't complain too much. The the newly 21-year-old Austin Cendrick. So Ooh. your birthday was Monday. Did you do anything fun turning 21? Honestly, not really. Uh, <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a project car I've been working on. I, I went and got some, some Mexican food at about 6.30 and worked on my car until about midnight. And your project car is what? Uh, it's a it's a 90 station wagon and I'm putting a Ford Mustang engine in it. Ah, and, wow. uh, there we been, go. It's been it's been great hey. for Sundays after bad Saturdays to, to at least get upset with something else. Ah, uh -huh. <laughs> good point. Good yeah, for you. You hadn't had many bad Saturdays lately though. No, it's been good. Uh, last, last month's been good and uh, obviously we got playoffs coming up and that's where it counts. Hey, okay, I, I want you to. We talk about it all the time. Busting through that glass ceiling, getting that first win, how much confidence it gives you going into the next race and how that momentum carries on. How did it work? I mean, explain how it worked for you. Yeah, honestly, I, 
it, it's probably the most unenthusiastic answer I could give you, but no, like, no. I'm the same driver I was before Watkins Glen, and, and it, it takes you know it takes that moment, it takes that breakthrough, it, it takes you know putting everything together to make that happen, and, and you know maybe there is some proven to yourself that, that you can do it or you can you can make it happen in pressure situations. I don't think that's ever been a struggle for me, but uh, obviously understanding what it takes to put it together on on this stage has been um, a long time coming, and, and it's been fun to be able to put together the last couple of weeks. So you're here at the world's most famous speedway driving a stock car. Probably not what you thought yeah. early on in your life, uh, that whenever you, the first time that you came here, it might be in something different. Yeah, I, honestly, I'm, I'm happy with a race car, man. I mean, I, that's that's what my career has been all about. It's about not, not, not caring what you get in as long as you get in a race car, getting seat time and, and having fun with it because at the end of the day, if you're not having fun. But um, I, th I think our race tomorrow is going to be really interesting depending on what the track conditions are like, how long we can hold it wide open. But, uh, I mean, it, it, couple laps this morning i felt like i was an indycar between you know the on throttle time and all that just you're going you know 50 mile an hour slower but it's uh it's 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 still the same place i mean i've i've been coming here since since i was two years old i, I can tell you exactly where i sit it's actually right behind us over here i i, I, I gate myself uh, right up there i, I gate my spot off every single year put put, put zip ties cut it off yeah. and uh you know, I, I love this place. I love everything about it. And obviously, I've, I've got a lot of family history here. We, we watched those last few laps of practice, the last 10 or 12 laps. You guys were racing your rear ends <laughs> off those last, those last 10 or 15 laps. What do you take away from that? Yeah, you're just trying to gauge your stuff versus everybody else. Obviously, you don't want to tear anything up. I, I think I was racing at 80%. Don't, don't want to show everything because what you do with runs here and, and when you get runs, because I feel like they are going to be at a premium. I don't think it's going to be super easy to pass like a, like a Daytona or a Talladega, but when you get a run and you have help with a run, you have to use it. But at the same time, you can't hose yourself and let two other guys pass you. So uh, understanding who's got better runs, whose balance is better than yours, and, and, and where you can generate those runs is, is, is everything. So with all that history that you have in, in growing up around here, have you allowed yourself to think what it would be like to win here at the Brickyard driving for Roger Penske? Yeah, it, it'd mean a great deal. I mean, obviously, I'd be the second Menards 22 car to, to win at the at the Brickyard <laughs> yeah. this year. So uh, hopefully hopefully we can bring some of, some of Simon Pagino's momentum with us here. But, uh, no, it's 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 been really cool, obviously, to drive for, for, for Mr. Penske all year and uh, have have that kind of a team behind me. But then to, to win at this racetrack for him, I, I don't think there'd be anything more special. Yeah, look, you drive for Roger, but you work for your dad. So how is that? I, I mean, I, honestly, because that, I, I went through that. So how is that, really? Yeah, I mean, he stays out of it as much as he possibly can. Uh, honestly, he, I don't know if he'll like me saying Saying this or not, but this will, this will be the first Xfinity race he's probably been to since since Daytona, or it's yeah. the first NASCAR race really since yeah. he's so busy with yeah, the, the IndyCar and the IMSA schedule. So um, he, he doesn't really get to see a lot of my races, and he's he's obviously got a pretty busy day job himself. So uh, I've I've got my job to do, and he's got his job to do, and, and, and sometimes we laugh about it, and and, <laughs> and sometimes uh, he gives me a little advice. I spent a lot of time with your dad, and I can attest. He says I try to stay out of everything yeah. I can. So we talked about the big three in the Xfinity series all year long, and we wondered who was going to be that fourth team to kind of step up. Have you guys said, hey, we're that fourth team to step up and we're going to be that fourth championship player in Miami? Yeah, when it comes to numbers and different drivers and different cars, for me, the only thing that matters is a championship for and if you're there. Because if you're there, your season's justified and you have the chance to put your best race together and go win a championship. And, and, and that opportunity is, is, is everything in this series and, and in the NASCAR format. So that's my goal is to be one of those four and then run the best race of my life. You know, it, we've seen you, obviously, in, in this situation. We talk about you being part of the big three, the big four, moving into that category. How important is it to get that oval track win, that circle track win? Uh, it'd, it'd be good to just, you know, 
stop it. Like, yeah. like silence that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's my like, point. That's I've been, my point. I've been doing this long enough. I mean, if you think about it, I've got six poles in Xfinity cars. Half of them are road courses, half of them are ovals. Um, but it, it's about putting it together, and a lot of these guys are really talented at what they do. And, you know, honestly, going to the road courses in some respect is, is like if I was to go hop in the midget and try yeah. and race Christopher Bell in the BC39 <laughs> yeah. last night, like yeah. there'd, there'd be no contest. But uh, I, obviously uh, it's, it's a strength of mine and, and, and trying to work together with my team and my spotters and uh, my senior drivers, all, all those guys that, that have been able to help me, you know, grow this far and, and understand what it takes to get your car right for these tracks. So I know you want to race, race to race, and, and – Indianapolis is obviously a huge race, and then you have Las Vegas next week before your playoffs start at Richmond uh, the week after that. But have you allowed yourself to look at that that playoff schedule and say, okay, this, this is where we can really uh, make up some ground or uh, get a win that will move us on to the next round and, and kind of how things might play off? Or do you feel really comfortable with the amount of playoff points and things that you have that you can just go race and not worry about any of that? Yeah, so I've raced in NASCAR for, for two years in the playoff format, and I've had one playoff point every time yeah. <laughs> and I did make it to the championship four in the trucks but that was not easy and last year you know you get wiped out on, on the first lap of the last round and then your season's over yeah so it's it's great to have 11 of those things uh, I want to try and rack up as many as I can but, but before before the playoffs start and, and, and before you know really that second round of the playoffs I see I see two mile and a half racetracks and we 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 finished the season on a mile and a half so I think Vegas is going to be a really big baseline for a lot of our teams to understand who's going to be strong where I need where our work needs to be and then and we're also going to tracks for the second time this year, and, and that's been a big strength of ours as well. Yeah, Brian Wilson told me this morning, he said that's been a big key for us going back to tracks for a second time. We've improved every time. So, Austin, best of luck this yeah, weekend. Yeah. I know you want to win at the Brickyard. That'd be yeah. a fun one, and uh, best of luck in doing that. Yeah, sounds great. Enjoy yeah. the race, guys. All right, so our man Rudd is here, and Rudd, I know in May you and Junior saw some things in the snake pit you probably still can't talk about, I'm sure, but I hope today's trip around the Brickyard's a little tamer today. You know what I really wish I could see is Austin's 90 Volvo wagon with that Mustang power under the hood, because that thing's going to be awesome. Kyle and I will be happy to drive the around. But yeah, there's no snake pit this weekend, but there is museum and there's music. Right now, the guys are warming up the stage, getting ready, because Florida Georgia Lion is going to be here this weekend. Dan and Shay Nelly's going to be here, coming down your street in the Range Rover, not to mention Blanco Brown, right? The get up, that new cowboy boogie, turn around. It's going to be awesome. But if the music isn't drawing you here to Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the museum just might. Take a look inside. There is so much history inside these four walls, and it's open a ton on a weekend like this. How about that car, the 1911 Marmon Wasp? That car's not just racing history, it's automotive history. That car is the reason that we have the rear view mirror. You see it right there, because one guy didn't want to bring a crew chief with him. Weight savings helps us see all the stuff we back over in a parking lot. How about that car right there? That a Lotus Esprit, which is the John Player Special. That one was given to Mario Andretti after he won the world championship in 78. He got that car in 79. Now it's here. There's so many different pieces of automotive and racing history here at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And there's still more racing. I'm going to show you a wonderful little spot inside turn three coming up a little bit later. But if it's the golf course, music, museums, they've got everything here, Marty, that you could want to find in a fun weekend. I think Rella should get on stage and start playing some music. What do you guys think? I think that's what I, I should happen. He's a drummer, man. Come on, Ryan. Get up there. I'm he's, in. He's yeah, a there drummer. You there you go. Hey, we're 20 minutes into the show, guys, and we have not said the word bubble once. Of course, we'll talk about that when we come back. The final race of the regular season. Who gets those final two playoff spots? We'll talk about it. Thank you, boys.
It all comes down to this one race for two spots with four drivers to fight it out. And all the uh, eyes here at the Brickyard are going to be on one driver, Jimmy Johnson, the seven-time champ, who's on the brink of missing the postseason for the first time in his career. Check out these other streaks, guys. I mean, only the Spurs have more consecutive playoff appearances than Jimmy Johnson. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's incredible. But the thing that I look at, he has more titles than anybody there. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly like that. right. That's, that's a great exactly point. Right. He, has, he has seven. The Spurs only have five. What's yeah. Pop thinking? He's only got yeah. five <laughs> NBA titles. Um, so when we made our picks back in February, guys, I don't think any of us really thought Jimmy would be in this situation. In fact, I know you yeah. didn't because you wrote it on the board, 48. Yeah. So yeah. are you surprised the 48's in this position? And how do they play the game on Sunday, DJ? Do they play the points game or do they go for the win? Well, yeah, yeah I am surprised, yes, because this is Jimmy Johnson we're talking about. And you think that uh, even with the change that they made in, in crew chiefs and things, that, that they would find a way to, to work into the playoffs and be there. But what do they do this Sunday? I think that they have to basically go into this with three, maybe four different strategies to look at, uh, depending upon how practice goes tomorrow. And then they're not going to know how fast their car is and where they're going to start until Sunday morning mm -hmm. after qualifying. So I think that is going to determine how they might go about running these first couple of stages. If, if they've got a good enough car and can get – inside the top five for those two stages and gather points there and the others don't, then they can look at one way for that final stage at what they may have to do. Otherwise, if that's not happening, then they've got to figure out a strategy uh, that will put them in, put their driver in a position to try to win here late. Yeah, and, and look, they're, they're racing Daniel Suarez, Clint Boyer, and, and uh, Ryan Newman. Yeah. That, that, that's who they're racing when they come into this thing. You asked, your question was, do they go for points to go for the win? I've never seen Jimmy Johnson not go for a win. Yeah. And I think the Roval last year yeah. shows that. It was all about winning that race. That's what it was for Jimmy Johnson. A win here solves all his issues, okay? A win on the second biggest stage, arguably, that we have in this sport solves a lot of Jimmy Johnson's issues. At the same time, I agree with Dale. He has to evaluate where he's at in this field, where he's at against his competition, and what he can do in that first stage. Had a great Darlington. Yeah. Had a great Darlington. Gotten some, had some issues towards the end, but had a great Darlington. If he could come here and put together a first stage like Darlington, a second stage, and then put that finish together, then we're going to be talking about Jimmy Johnson in the waning laps of this race. If not, if he misses the first stage or the second stage and everybody runs the race that they potentially want to run, we're not going to be talking about Jimmy Johnson about making the playoffs anymore. Ryan Newman, Daniel Suarez, they're tied. So, Kyle, help me. Is it simple math for those two teams? As long as you're ahead of the other guy, you're in. I mean, is that the way you, nope. you play the it, game? But uh, there's the other guys, too. They're, sure, they're the yeah. other. It's not just, it's not just Ryan and, 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 and Daniel Suarez racing each other, even though they're zero. Even though the previous 25 races do not <laughs> matter to those two guys going into this race when you look at it that way. But it doesn't because you've got to be concerned with Jimmy Johnson behind you doing making points in the first segment and the second segment and Dale brought it up before you've got to be concerned about a, a, a Paul Menard you've got to be concerned about some of those guys that are not even in the points winning a race winning a race and moving moving ahead of you so there there's a lot more than just racing man to man right there yeah but I do think that late in this race 
uh, that you have to pay attention yes. to what Ryan Newman and his team may do because if you get in a situation of two tires or no tires late and Ryan Newman takes that gamble, he's the best in that situation of, of any driver that I know of that I've ever raced against or watched when you put him in that situation of holding others off. So you better be ready to alter your strategy uh, depending on what he may do. He may not be there all day long, but give him that opportunity late and then you might have to adjust from there. Yeah, listen, you pit late in the race and give Ryan Newman one tire and put him <laughs> in position in front of him, then you're going to have to pass an 18-wheeler to get back to the front, and it's going to be wide because you're not going to get around him. What about real quick, Boyer? He has some points to play with. I yep. think you mentioned on, on Wednesday Boyer a solid speed. day. I, yeah. I think if he has a solid day, he's good. Just have a solid day for Stuart Haas Racing and he moves on. Yeah, he put himself in the best position, obviously, in Darlington of making a comeback there and, and doing things really well and getting in a much better yeah. position than anyone else. Well, racing is a way of life here in Indiana. And up next, we'll talk about grassroots racing and how it's celebrated here in the Hoosier State as we continue with a NASCAR America Fan Friday. Less than an hour from IMS is Lincoln Park Speedway as we rejoin you for a NASCAR America Fan Friday. And that's our next stop on the 50 states in 50 days tour. Lincoln Park has hosted races since 1969. Modifieds and sprint cars race there weekly. Their longest running race is the Putnamville Clash, the 32nd annual this past May. A regular at Lincoln Park is Sheriff Josh Bowler and his car recently honored fallen Indiana police officers and canine officers that served his department. Lincoln Park also helped produce USAC star Tyler Sunshine Courtney. His grandfather actually used to own the racetrack. So speaking of some grassroots racing, Rudd has found evidence of that here at IMS. What have we found, Rudd? You know, Marty, on the famous show Pimp My Ride, Exhibit was once quoted saying like, oh, I heard you like cars, so I put a car in your car. Well, apparently they did that here last year at the track. They decided to pimp this racetrack because they put a racetrack inside the racetrack. We're on the 316th dirt mile here. This is the dirt track inside Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And the great thing is they thought, well, we'll put it up. We'll see what happens. People absolutely loved it. So they threw another race this week. Take a look at Wednesday night. It was an insane finish as Kyle Larson served Survived with the spin and win to go on to win the race Wednesday night, not to be outdone. Then last night for the Brian Clausen Memorial, the BC39, Zeb Wise running in the Clausen Marshall racing car, also the 39 for that team. He won the race, a $15,000 purse. When you talk about my track, my roots, imagine if your track was inside one of the most famous tracks in all the world. Now, I know some of those tracks in uh, certain states haven't been represented. Rick Allen, who is from Nebraska, was at this track with me earlier today. So I feel like Nebraska is kind of representing here, Marty. But an amazing place. I'm so glad that Indianapolis Motor Speedway did this because the fans love it. And obviously, it makes great racing inside a great racetrack. Uh, Rutledge, you bring up a great point because 46 states have been represented in our My Track, My Roots campaign, guys. Uh, so there's there's four missing. Okay, what are and, they? And Rutledge brought up Nebraska. Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, home thank of, you, Rick home Allen. Of Rick Allen. Home of Rick Utah, Allen. Utah, Rhode Island, which I did not know ha does not have a racetrack, DJ. Really? No, no yeah. racetracks in Rhode Island. Listen, I didn't no know idea. that. Yeah, if, you're in, had if you're in Rhode Island, get a My Track, My Roots <laughs> sign, go out and stand along Highway uh, Interstate 95. Yeah. That's your picture. track. That's your route. There are Send drivers it to us, from Rhode Island. Uh, and, and there's Seekonk <laughs> across the state line, too. And Hawaii. 
Evidently, Hawaii, it's not yeah. racing season in Hawaii. Uh, That's well, like I January through April. Everywhere. everywhere. I know. I know, but Hawaii, evidently, well, it's not I racing Come on, season. Hawaii. Uh, but for those tracks who have participated, let's check out some more grassroots racing from this past weekend. And that My Track, My Route sign showing up at Bedford Fairground Speedway in Pennsylvania. That's Jonathan Taylor celebrating the E-Mod feature win from last Friday. E-Mods, Kyle. That's interesting. That's cool. I like E-Mods, cool. yeah. Is Meanwhile, that at Huntsville Speedway in electric? Alabama, I don't think it's electric. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Johnny Brazier took the checkered flag in last Saturday's Huntsville, late Alabama. model feature. There you go. Jimmy, Jimmy Means Huntsville, was a champion Alabama. in Huntsville, Alabama, too. That's exactly the track last week, wasn't Yes, he was. Uh, you can see more grassroots racing across the country this weekend at fanschoice.tv. You can check out the lineup there. A lot going on this weekend. Myrtle Beach Racing is always worth watching. So check out fanschoice.tv this weekend for all of that racing action. Well, Tyler Reddick almost got to kiss the bricks here last year. He finished second at Indianapolis. We'll talk with the reigning champ in the Xfinity Series next on NASCAR America. assuming Jimmy's going to make it, right? Uh, I think that's a great safe bet. Great assumption. Uh, busy weekend, and the quest for the Cup guys to kiss the brick starts tomorrow. 11 a.m. Eastern. Busy day here. Uh, Kyle, that is not a misprint. 10.30 a.m. Cup qualifying. Can't wait. Can't it's going to be fun. Yes. I don't know when the last time we qualified. 1964. Oh, come on, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. On a Sunday morning. You said that in, in rehearsal. You weren't supposed to say it on the air. I'm come sorry. on. I'm sorry. Um, I have no clue. I have no clue. It's going to be a busy weekend here from the Brickyard. And joining us here on the Mobile One Peacock Pit Box, the guy who almost won yes. this race but did win the championship last year in the Xfinity Series, Mr. Tyler Reddick. How you doing, man? Not too bad. I mean, it's, it's always a blast to come here. And like you said, Cup qualifying on Sunday yeah, is a little it's, weird. It's pretty I'm used cool. to seeing the cars go out there before we make our race, and I won't even get to see that now. So, do you know you can clinch the regular season title tomorrow? Do you know? Have you done the math on that yet? It's been in the back of my mind for sure. Uh, you know, we know if we can score about I think ten points. Ten or points. So, yeah. There you go. Uh, more than Christopher Bell, we'll be good going into Las Vegas, and you know we can go for it, mix it up, just try and win that that final race. We want to win tomorrow here, obviously as well. We want to go kiss the bricks like a lot of great drivers have, like like you have, and <laughs> um, you know we'll just go out there and see if we can't get it done. Yeah, when you look at this racetrack and the history of it, what does that mean to you and, and have that opportunity uh, in an Xfinity car now to come here and have that chance to race at the world's most famous speedway? It's honestly really, really cool, but no doubt what those IndyCar guys have done, uh, you know, for a very long time here is simply incredible. It's a spectacle of racing. So we're going a little bit slower than they are. I think about 60 miles an hour or something <laughs> like that. It's crazy that, yeah. we're, you know, how fast they go because even, even going – what we are around here it still feels pretty quick so another 60 miles an hour is quite unreal and and i've said it before you know whether you run 250 or 150 
the intensity of the race is what is, is pretty pretty spectacular about this place. Watching you guys, I said it to Austin Cedric a minute ago, watching you guys run those last few laps of practice. And practice has been intense today. Um, and you talked about trimming the car out versus downforce. Is that what you guys were working on? Yeah, you just got to know what you're going to what your battles are going to be in the race and it's pretty clear here that you need to be able to build a run and make a pass but if you can't ever be in the throttle to get that run going you're never going to have it in within the right amount of time to, to complete it before you get down to the end of the straightaway into turn one or turn four so that's just going to be the battle our our anderson's maple syrup chevrolet is really really fast uh but we just got to keep honing on on honing in on the balance and i think that's just going to be our you know our, our great debate overnight trying to go into this race to see what more adjustments we can make to it so this race presents a different challenge than any other racetrack that you go to with the four distinct corners. And it's not the only thing that you can do running right up against the wall, although it's highly entertaining for us <laughs> to do that. Do you get a little bit mad that that's not an opportunity to do here? Well, you know, I, I think in, in years past, if you get in the second lane, it's a little sketchy going through these corners. But in these Xfinity cars, it's really cool that uh, you can make the second lane work, and if on, you're on a restart or in, a, in yeah. a rare situation, I've been able to not wreck in the third lane around here, which seems pretty crazy <laughs> in anything. But, you know, we're carrying the speeds that we are. Uh, we're going wide open around this racetrack. We can move around a little bit as long as the track's fairly clean. It, you talk about running wide open around. The, what Dale and I commented after the first practice, it looked like an IndyCar practice from the end car because they never lifted. You just go down, you rotate, uh, and you come. How long can you run wide open if you're leading or versus being in a pack? I think for the most part, if you're the leader, uh, obviously, depending on the temperature and, and the wear of the tires, obviously, we've gotten a little bit of rubber down now, so the tires won't go away as fast. But I think if you're leading, uh, for the most part, you should be able to run yeah. the majority of a run wide open. Wow. Now, when you're back in traffic, that's when everything changes. It, you can run pretty wide open if you're behind one car. If you're behind two, three, four, five, it, it just continues to get worse and worse, and you just have to manage it more. So you almost need a, a, a really trimmed-out car to be really fast up front, but you also need something a little bit different to, to handle the dirty air in the, in the back of the traffic. So who really knows what the right recipe is going to be? So you're, you're nine months into after winning your, your championship and the defending champion, and that's how you're introduced everywhere that you go. Is that still pretty cool to hear that, your name and, and the uh, Xfinity Series champion? It is pretty cool. Uh, it, it's crazy. It, it feels like it was only five minutes ago that all that happened, and as you said, we're already nine months into this season, and we're getting ready to start the playoffs all over again. So the year's kind of flown by. We've had some really good runs, so it hasn't really dragged on. Uh, but we had a couple bad weeks here and there, but... I mean, we've, we've had a, a very spectacular year, and we'd, we'd like to end the regular season on a good note and get ourselves in the best shape possible for the playoffs. Okay, so, and Dale brings it up. You won the championship last year. You're 10 points away. You know, you need to gain some points here to win the, the, the regular season champion uh, the first half this year. What are you going to do next year? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the boss oh, said this week he went oh, to three-car team with I know, him driving, that, but I'm, so. I'm trying to get a scoop here. Come on. Hopefully just uh, you know, <laughs> get ourselves in the playoffs and then try and go after regular season championship no matter what it is. Yeah, no know. matter what. That's the best answer. Does it good answer. That's a good answer. Yeah. When yeah. Richard good answer, says Tyler. it publicly like he did this week on Sirius XM yeah. Radio, he says, I want a three-car team, and I expect him to be in the Cup Series next year. I mean, do you see that coming together? I hope it does, but you know it takes a, it's a lot of moving parts and pieces. Uh, money solves everything. Uh -huh. and, uh, all the things line up. I mean, you never know. But yeah. we all know how the sport works. It's it's a tough business, and uh, it's just about making everything line up. 
Wait, money's a factor in rate? I money is I'm a, at, oh, and, and, I'm sorry. And, and did I, did I spoil it? I give away a big spoiler, secret? One other thing. Alert. I loved yeah. your throwback last week, man. Yeah. Oh, it was to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great job, man. The Great 7-Eleven paint scheme. <laughs> yeah. you, you should have gotten a cool, you should have worn the, the, you know, the hair, first of all. Yeah. But the, the cool 7-Eleven hat. You were cool anyway. I dropped the ball a little bit. It was cool. You did not drop the ball. I'm wearing the 7-Eleven helmet one more time this weekend. No way. That's cool, man. Giving it one more shot. Hopefully, I can get to victory lane. Yeah, good job, That's pretty cool. You should auction off for victory junction once you're done. Yeah, there you job, go. Man. So not a bad idea. Yeah. There you go. So we've we've solved something here. So I the like man, syrup too. The man that beat him <laughs> to the finish line, Justin Algar, he joins us next here on NASCAR America. It's been a year since that win. He wants to get back to Victor Lane. We'll ask him if he can get it done this weekend for back-to-back -back wins at the Brickyard. and he will have the opportunity to kiss the bricks. This one is for my dad because um, at the Brickyard Crossing up there, he drove me up here every Wednesday night uh, during the winter so that I could take classes um, to, to be the best I could be as not only a good driver inside the car but outside the car and hats off to him. Uh, what a fun and emotional yeah. day last year for Justin Allgaier, talking about his dad, Mike, who made so many trips up here to the Brickyard to get him lessons to make him a better race car driver. Most emotional win and most maybe significant win of your career, Justin? Yeah, I mean, you look at Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the docket of international racetracks that people, I mean, all over the world claim, you know, they want to come here. Yeah. This is a bucket list racetrack. So to be able to even come here uh, is, is, first of all, fantastic. But to win here, to cross that yard of bricks first, uh, it just... And to do it like we did it, no practice. I mean, literally, yeah. we took the green flag. And that was the first yeah. time we've been on the racetrack. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but right there, my daughter, my wife, my family, all being able to kiss the bricks. That was mm. really special day. Look, I, we had a, I had a friend that asked me earlier today, um, is this racetrack changed in here? Is it about the same as last week, uh, last year? I had a friend that asked oh, me the same thing, too. Oh, what was his name? Tyler, uh, Tyler Reddick. <laughs> and what's funny is... Ask Justin, is it yeah. any different? And, 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 and the question is, really is, you only run this racetrack once a year. So yeah. how much different is it this year, or is it the same with this package? What's, what's funny about that question is uh, Tyler was behind me in practice, and it looked exactly like the final laps of last year, and he still didn't figure out how to pass me. So I was, <laughs> I was back there kind of fist-pumping because I'm like, all right, we, he didn't learn from me last year, and I, and I didn't teach him anything this year, so we're good. But, no, honestly, um, you know, the biggest difference for us is the racetrack service. You know, they, they put a coating down. I think they call it a polymer coating. It's, it's, yep. it's basically a plastic coating, right? Um, it makes the racetrack really, really dark. But on the flip side of it, tire wear has been fantastic. Yeah. Tire temperatures have been fantastic. Uh, you know, all the things that we typically would fight at the Brickyard, we don't have that this year. And that, that in itself is, is exciting. Now, the challenge is you can't see the, the, the line yeah. nearly as much. So, so, you know, my teammates, um, you know, trying to talk with them before the, before the practices go, you know, they've never been, a couple of them have never been here before. So trying to teach them, hey, where to turn in, where to go, uh, when you don't have that visual is really hard. In Indianapolis, the thing that's, that's crazy about this place, if you don't have experience here, 
It's crazy. I don't know how y'all did it the first time you came here, because the test dummy that went down into turn one on the first time was like, "Hey, this is this is fun, right?" Yeah. Yes, yeah, challenge. Yeah. When you first came up here today, I was gonna offer to hold your microphone because your arms have to still be tired from last week at Darlington. <laughs> right, you that loose race car. Yes. We but actually look like you're all right. Yeah, you know, everything. I've been working out a little bit, so maybe I did okay. But you know, uh, last week was uh, the the word of the day was sideways. We. We're sideways. I was just telling you off camera. I, I, I made a mistake at the end of the second stage, and, and I put myself in a bad position and didn't realize it. You know, that's probably the hardest part. Sometimes when you make a mistake, you're like, yeah, I, I put myself in that spot, and I knew it was a it was a maybe, maybe, uh, you know, 50-50 chance or 20, you know, 70, 70, 30 chance of making the corner. This one I really thought was fine, and uh, ultimately I got the fence in that and, and and damaged the race car enough that we didn't have a shot at a win anymore. That was disappointing because yeah. we drove all the way yeah. up to second in that stage and then had nothing to show for it at the end. You, you talk about teammates and coming to a place like this and coming with teammates who haven't been here. Is that hard on you guys? Because you don't have as much... When you go back to your debrief, it's like, well, I've never been here before. I don't know what to tell you. you know, that kind of thing. Do you get some of that? I would say normally yes. But everybody at Junior Motorsports, I mean, you look at, at our cars the last uh, three years here, or two years, I guess, with this package, they've been fantastic. And we, we had really good cars before that, uh, before this package. But, but just solely on this particular aero and engine package, Junior Motorsports has done a fantastic job of making sure that we're as fast as we can be. The Hendrick Engine Shop has done a fantastic job of making sure where we need to be at. And and you know, we unloaded. And, I mean, I, I told Jason on the radio, I said, man, I'm easy wide open. It's, I don't know what to tell you to do any better. It's really good. And and when you can unload that way and your teammates can unload that way, even though they've never been here. I mean, Jeb and, and Noah both were faster than I were in the first practice and never been here before. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that's that's really impressive. Yeah. So as you look ahead to the playoffs and, and you would like to change tomorrow that you don't have that win at this point in time, even if you don't get that win in these next two races and head into the playoffs, do you still feel like that, that you're – and your team are a championship caliber that you can be uh, one of those four at Homestead? I feel like the last two months, we've made huge strides. You know, our program at Junior Motorsports, we obviously didn't get out of the box as strong as we wanted to. That's no question. I mean, we, we, we all talked about it. We know it. Uh, but the guys went back to work. They worked hard. They've done a fantastic job. The last two, two and a half months, we've, we've kind of righted the ship. I feel like we've done a lot better job. And, you know, yeah, I want to win a race. I want to win two yeah. races before the yeah. playoffs start. Yeah. Uh, but last year we won five races, including this race, and went on into the playoffs. And it was as lackluster and as as disappointing of a playoffs as you could possibly have. I mean, we had fifty or sixty points going into the going into the playoffs, and still didn't make the final four. Yeah. You know, and we were we were in jeopardy of not even making the final eight. Yeah. You know, and and so I look at at for us, we have to go to the playoffs and have momentum. So these races are obviously are important. But I don't believe at this point we need a win. We need five wins in the playoffs, yeah. including Homestead, and we'll be in great shape. We're, we're almost out of time, but what would two in a row mean here? I don't think there's words that can describe it. You know, it, this place is historic. It's it's incredible, and uh, it would be it would mean a lot. You know, I think I think I would actually enjoy the second one more because that first one you saw the emotion. Yeah. I, it was so emotional when I got done. I was like, man, I. I don't remember half the stuff I did, right? Like, I really <laughs> yeah. don't. Like, I got right. pictures of yeah. all of it, but yeah. it was just an emotional event, and I feel like if you could do that again, it would be way more emotional. 
All right, we appreciate yeah. your yeah, time. You, we want to yes. say thanks to all the drivers who stopped by. By the way, what did we learn in show, today in the show, uh, Kyle? Rudd's a drummer. I didn't know yes, that. Yes, I well, did. For Rudd sure. Rudd sure. is a drummer. Uh, Austin is putting a Mustang engine in his station wagon. Yes. Which I think is kind of cool. Station yeah. wagon is yeah. going to be fast. Uh, Tyler is not going to tell us what he's going to do in 2020. <laughs> no, that's but true. But we're we going to force him to take his helmet and sell it for Victory yes, Junction. For sure. That's going to be good. The 7-Eleven helmet. <laughs> and we learned that Justin is not going to tell Tyler any secrets at <laughs> that's all. That's right. Especially about the backyard. <laughs> Where he thinks he can win. We thank you guys for joining us for a NASCAR America Fan Friday. Join us at 11 a.m. Eastern tomorrow for cut practice from the Brickyard. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.